You are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Tuesday, Arizona Wildcats and Locked On Wildcats fans. I'm Mike Luke. You might know me from my work at Wildcats Radio 1290 as the host of the pre and the post game show. Thanks for tuning in. And it's not often we get to do this, but we are going to drive down and throw down the baton right here for Pac-12 and West Coast men's basketball and how it pertains to the University of Arizona. Got a lot going on this show. And then we're going to talk about what possibly the future would hold for the conference. But... You hear it all the time if you're an Arizona Wildcat fan, if you're a West Coast fan, the East Coast essentially ignores the Pac-12. And if Arizona or UCLA aren't good, they really ignore the Pac-12. And let's be honest, even if Arizona and UCLA are good, eh, we can still probably put them on the mute button. This year, though, is a little bit different. The Pac-12 can't be ignored anymore as for the longest time the conference was undefeated you've got multiple teams in the sweet 16 and let's be honest here you've got some teams that can cause some real damage going forward here but what's more important than anything these haven't just been wins these have been absolute beatdowns these have been i mean you look at it just just going down the list you've got the Oregon game from from Monday morning against Iowa, where after about the first 38 minutes, it became readily apparent that Iowa didn't even belong on the same court as Oregon. That game wasn't a fluke. Oregon could not shoot nearly as well as they would, and they still would have won that game because Iowa just had too many unathletic guys who couldn't stay in front of Oregon. It was really that simple. Then you've got Oregon State, who, I mean, your Pac-12 tournament champion Oregon State Beavers who yes you look really good in your first round game again a first round matchup against but most people including myself thought that okay you're now you're playing Oklahoma State in the second round this is where Oregon State shows their Oregon State colors and that didn't happen not only did that not happen Oregon State beat down Oklahoma State and I've always felt in wins like this, it's more impressive if the team that you're playing gets a little bit of a run going and then comes back and then you still have to put your foot down. And that's exactly what the Oregon State Beavers did in that game. Every time it looked like Oklahoma State was about to make a run, well, let's be honest, it didn't happen. And Oregon State would come back with threes, with dunks. They are a team that looked the part in spades, and I don't really see that one changing again we'll talk about what the future will hold for some of these teams but that's another incredibly impressive performance then you look at ucla and at this stage in the game it's fair to say that mick cronin was a really good hire at ucla he kind of looks like he's got a little bit of that ben howland toughness going but with a little bit of a personal flair the kids like and he's shown that he can recruit the la area we're going to get into that there in a little bit And so it wouldn't surprise me if this team can continue to take this run because, honestly, they don't look like they're ready to go home. USC is an interesting case because 
every year we always talk about how USC has a ton of talent, but they're just never able to really get it together. Well, at least for this year, USC was able to get it together. Sure, you didn't win the Pac-12, but you had a ton of wins. And this was a team that you could arguably make the case was Andy Enfield's best team. And if it wasn't his best team, it was certainly right there. And it was done along the template of recruiting a elite kid here and there. And then with a four star, couple of four-star kids and transfers. So they've acquitted themselves very well in this tournament. Then you got Colorado. Colorado is a unique case because they're never going to be great. But every three or four years, it does seem like Tad Boyle gets a pretty good team together. And they've shown that in this tournament as well. So at this stage in the game... This is a uh, this is a conference that has basically forced its way into the public consciousness. And I think going forward, it's going to be fair to say that what exactly does this mean for Arizona? We're going to talk about that quite a bit on the other side. But if you guys have a car out there and you need some parts, you need something that's easy to navigate, go to Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is about as good as you will find as far as getting pieces for your car and an easy way, an easy way to navigate through. It's very user-friendly, and you've got a ton of different options there. RockAuto.com. You're listening to Locked On Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. We kind of kind of basked in the sunlight a little bit in that first segment about even though the Arizona Wildcats aren't in the NCAA tournament, the conference itself acquitted itself incredibly well so far and honestly you got a lot of teams in this that aren't done yet and we're we will obviously keep you up to date throughout the week going into next week we're going to preview some of those games but i think a lot of people are also now wondering now that there is an eye on the pac-12 how exactly is this sustainable can this conference build on this and what does it mean for arizona and there's certain teams that you know are going to be there first of all you've got oregon I don't really, as long as Dana Altman's there, I don't really worry about Oregon because they've got a unique formula in place and that he recruits fifth-year transfers, JUCO guys, four-star kids, the occasional five-star, and he just develops and he puts it together. He's really kind of a unicorn in that front. I wouldn't necessarily recommend building a program like he does, but he has shown that it works for him, and as long as Dana Altman's at Oregon, there are going to be problems. Then you look at UCLA, which is always going to be the one question because when UCLA is good, it's a little bit like USC football and that it's harder for the national media folks to just ignore what's going on there. And I didn't like the hire at first, but Mick Cronin has been a good hire there. He has instilled toughness there that that UCLA didn't have under Steve Alford and really hadn't had much of outside of a few years in the Howland era since Jim Herrick left Westwood back in the mid-90s. And what is also shown, though, is that Mick Cronin has recruited at a high level, and he's doing it with L.A. kids, which makes it all the more sustainable. Next year, you've got a kid in Peyton Watson coming in who's a top five to six player in the country. You look up and down this roster right now, Johnny Juzang, the Kentucky transfer kid out of California. You got some other players in there as well. Your big men up front, you didn't, he didn't recruit them, but they're LA kids. It's, it's rapidly becoming a destination and it's rapidly becoming a place 
that is cool again in Westwood for local kids like that. And then you factor in, too, that he's a tough-as-nails coach and that you look at UCLA now and you never think to yourself, oh, well, that's going to be an easy win. That was really kind of the case. Even when Steve Alford was bringing in all that talent at UCLA, I still never looked at it as an, from an Arizona perspective and said, that's going to be a really tough game right there. And so that was a big, big hire for UCLA and certainly one that they got right. USC is interesting because they finally had, I guess you could say, a breakthrough year under Andy Enfield. And that he, he's, talent has never really been an issue. He kind of goes with that mid-level four-star kid and he brings in the occasional five-star your, you know, your Achimizi Metu or your Onyeka Kongwu. This year was Evan Mobley. There's always one guy that's kind of in the mix there. The problem is, is that Andy Enfield just hasn't shown to be a great coach over the years, a great game day coach. And I think if you're an Arizona fan, if you're a conference of champion fans, as Bill Walton would say, you'd like to see that next step be for Andy Enfield to maybe improve his coaching, get more of a tactician on the sideline because he's got a nice little template going there. And we're going to be talking hopefully to an ex-USC coach here later in the week and an ex-Arizona coach who could maybe expound a little bit on that. But USC's kind of what they are. It'll be interesting to see if Enfield can build on this year because he talent certainly hasn't been an issue. Then you look at, like we talked about before, you got Colorado and under Tad Boyle, that is a team that every third, fourth year is going to be solid. They're never going to be really a pushover. And so they're always a factor, just not a factor at the highest level. And then you've got Oregon State, who, I mean, it's kind of weird because Wayne Tinkle has had more talented rosters, including last year's roster. But this is the year that it seems like they've kind of finally broken through. I can't really give you a future program assessment grade on Oregon State just because it's so up and down. But Tinkle has shown that there's something working there, and he's certainly going to be there for a while. So these teams at the top, whether it's UCLA and Oregon, they're in really, really good hands. Then you've got some of the more middle-tier teams that I think can continue to improve, continue to grow, because there's a solid template in place there. And then that brings us to the Arizona Wildcats. Where do the Wildcats fit in the grand scheme of things? Where do they look going forward? And what is the talent level like? Keep it locked on, Wildcats. Locked on, Wildcats is brought to you by Built Bar. The great thing about Built Bar is that it tastes good. And when you have a Built Bar, you know it because you feel the protein rush and you feel your body recharging at the same point at the same time. And it's not something that you dread either. When you have a Built Bar, you know you have a Built Bar because it's a fantastic, unique taste and it comes in many different flavors. And it's something for the workout fiend that you're just going to enjoy having and it, you're not going to dread it. It doesn't have that paste taste. So check out Built Bar. The Arizona Wildcats are now in an interesting spot because it's hard to look at what the Pac-12 has done in this NCAA tournament and not say that that bodes well for Arizona because Arizona was the epitome of a mid-level to maybe a little bit to the front this year. You know, you you finish in the top half of the conference. You had some games against uh, USC where, you, honestly, you kind of punked them. You had a game against Oregon where 
you probably should have won. You didn't. That's kind of been a common theme with that matchup. But you looked at the talent, and there was never a time when it looked like Arizona was overwhelmed by any of the talent on the court. And I think that's something, if you're an Arizona fan, that you've got to be pretty excited about because the Pac-12 is doing business right here. I mean, look how Arizona matched up against Oregon State. Look how Arizona matched up against Colorado. Arizona matched up well with almost all of the teams that are doing damage here. And you never once looked at it and said, man, hmm, Arizona's really out of place from a talent perspective. So if you can build on it from this season, looking at the Pac-12, there's some stuff to be pretty optimistic about because Arizona, unlike a lot of these teams, figures to return the core group of guys that have really made this team what it was. You got James Akinjo hopefully coming back. Azulis Tabellis anchoring your front line. You got Ben Matherin. Hopefully that he can make that next step. So you've got kind of a blueprint in place that you could really compete next year. And what's exciting about that, I think if you're an Arizona fan, is not only can you compete, but with the way that the tournament has played this year, with the way the tournament has gone down, there has been a a shift and a focus towards the Pac-12 that I think you are going to see going forward that if you get if you get a team in the final four you get multiple teams in the elite eight next year people won't really be able to take this conference for granted and if you're Arizona I know a lot of people are upset that you chose this year to self-impose but I still think it was the right move because everything is based, I believe, for next season. And with next season, you've like we talked about, you've got a roster coming back that is pretty good. Now, Oregon figures to lose some players. You're going to lose Duarte. I would figure I'd figure you're going to lose Eugene Omaruri. USC for sure is going to be losing Evan Mobley. UCLA, they could be really, really dangerous because. They might, not le- they might not lose a lot of people. They might not lose anybody of substance, and who knows? Maybe you get Chris Smith back. UCLA is definitely a team on paper that looks like they could be a preseason top 10 team. That's how good they are. But outside of those couple teams, I think Arizona is probably going to be in your preseason top three. So Arizona just needs to be able to kind of weather this storm about what is all the the rumors going around about your coach, the rumors going around about your players? Because if this team returns intact with a newly spotlighted uh, impact from your conference, this could be a pretty good team. In summation, guys, this has just been a fun NCAA tournament because honestly, I'm one of the people that I always root for the Pac-12. I've never been a guy that only roots for his school and roots against because honestly we're all lumped in together and if the conference is good it's good for arizona and i always hear arizona fans say well you know uh, it's not good for us then if these teams are good arizona basketball shouldn't take a back seat to anybody and shouldn't be scared of a conference team being good do you think you know at duke that mike krzyzewski is really concerned if louisville is good or other teams for that example no not really because he knows that his brand speaks for itself arizona i think needs to get to that point so this is a good thing in my opinion for arizona wildcat basketball fans this is a good thing that the conference is playing incredibly well because 
if Arizona comes back in next year and really kind of reestablishes itself as one of the uh, upper tier programs in the conference, that's just going to be a really, really good look for everybody going around. And I think it's something that's impossible to look past, to be honest with you, because this team and this program are still what people nationally look at. Yes, it's UCLA as well, but Arizona and UCLA are the blue bloods of this conference. And going back to Lute Olson and in the early years of Sean Miller, this was a program that you had to take seriously from a national perspective. And it's fun seeing the conference get its footing. So hopefully everybody can get their feet back up. But if Arizona can jump back in there, and I think they've got the capability of doing that, this NCAA tournament is only going to be good for the University of Arizona. We're going to keep you up to date on everything going on here in the tournament from a Pac-12 perspective. And I would just say, as an Arizona fan, from an Arizona fan perspective, go Pack.